may be seated. Isn't it good to be able to come and freely worship our Lord and Savior? Amen. Wait till next week. Amen. Next week will be a good praise and worship service. But God has plans for that. But today I had about three different sermons I was going to preach. I didn't give. I didn't turn it into Michelle and Amelia to get it on the screen until late last night. I was really struggling what I was going to preach. I had about. I said I can't preach all three today. They nobody would say. So I, I narrowed it down. I thought, well, since we're going to be worshiping next Sunday and it's going to be a testimony day and we're just tailgating and lifting up the name of Jesus, just talk about our worship this morning, amen? Not just private worship, your own private worship. I'm talking about how important and, and just what God does when we meet together as a church body. When we meet here, how, how the worship transforms us. And, and there's a lot of people that go to church and say, well, worship, what do you mean transform? They're not worshiping, amen? And maybe there's a difference in singing songs and then worshiping God and spreading truth. And uh, I want to read just a verse this morning in Psalms 95. I've got many, many verses on worship today. I, I give myself, she looks at all the verses I give her. We could be here to three if I read them all. But that, that's how big worship is. There's so many words. There's so many scriptures in the God's Word that's on worship. On God praising and worshiping Him and and everybody says, well, y'all, you know, y'all the Baptist church over here. It don't look like it. Listen, that, that's where the devil has, has messed everything up. Just because you raise your hands or you shout doesn't mean you're Pentecostal, Baptist, Assembly, anything else. I mean, that doesn't determine who you are. You worship because of who your heart is in Jesus Christ and how much thankfulness you give to Him, amen. Glad to be part of the worship of Baptist Church. I've been preaching plenty of dead ones, amen. Plenty of dead ones. And uh, I'm just thankful that we have a worshiping church here. And, and, but I see over the past few years how our worship has transformed families in our church. I mean, completely transformed people in their worship and, and how they view worship and, 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 and all the myths that come along with worship, amen. But if you, I'm going to ask you this one more time. You look comfortable, but you're going to need to stretch your legs. So. Psalms 95, if you stand real quick in Psalms 95, I want to read this. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. And if anything else you can shout about is your salvation from Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, that, if anything else that gets you excited about church is your salvation. Not that you worked for it, you did obtain it, but through faith. And what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we are able to have salvation, the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. How many times do we, true worship can't happen without thanksgiving? How many are thankful for the blessings that God gives you every day? Amen? I'm thankful for He has blessed our church, He has blessed our family. Listen, there's nobody in here. You're blessed. And, and, and you say, well, not me, Brother George. You don't know what I happened to me last week. Go visit the children's hospital. You're blessed. Amen. You're blessed. Let us shout joyfully to Him with songs. The Lord is the great God. And the great King above all gods. The only one true God. Amen. And if you look in your Bible, it's all the great gods in capital letters and the little gods are all the little gods that are made up that are the false gods. Amen. It says, in his hands are the deep places of the earth, and the heights of the hills are, are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us
Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are His people, a pastor, and His sheep of His hand. Heavenly Father, I pray that we learn how to worship the shepherd. For uh, we are sheep, and He is our shepherd. He is He is a great God. Your word says there's no other God like our God. And Lord, I just pray that we when we you open our eyes and transform our hearts this morning, our spirits on on worship. And what it means to truly worship you in Jesus' name. And everyone saying, Amen. A lot of times, let me see that a lot of times when we come into church, it's attitude of worship makes all the difference. How many of y'all agree that attitude makes a difference in, in life? I mean, if you have the right attitude and, and, and look at there's just some people, it doesn't matter how the week is, the glass is always going to be half empty. You're running in people? I mean, it's going to be half empty. But then there's some that look at that same glass and through a different perspective and say, wow, that thing's not half empty, it's half full. Let's go. we, we got some improvement to do. We can do this. And so attitude means a lot. And I read a story this week about a little boy and his attitude. His parents were up on the porch and they were sitting in a chair. And he was out in the yard and he had a baseball bat and a baseball. He had thrown that ball up. And right before he threw it up, he'd say, I'm the greatest hitter of all time. He'd throw that ball up, and he'd swing, and he'd just knew. ball landed on the ground. He picked it up the second time. He said, I'm the greatest hitter of all time. He throws it up, and he swings, and he misses. The third time, he goes over and grabs the ball, and he says, even in a louder voice, I'm the greatest hitter of all time. He throws it up, and he swings, and he misses. He gets kind of disgusted. He goes sits down on a little rock there in the yard. His mom and dad were just kind of looking at each other. And he finally turned around and said, Mom, Dad, wow! the greatest pitcher of all time. Amen? And we need that. He said, I just struck out the greatest hitter, so I'm the greatest pitcher. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that attitude of worship? And, and there's times that we come in on Sunday morning that, listen, there's just sometimes, we're all honest, there's times when we come in on church on Sunday morning, we're just not ready to worship. That's why God wants us to come together as a church body and collectively worship together and praise Him for who He is. Now, we all have our own private worship times. We should, because if you don't worship privately, you cannot worship publicly. I just, I'm a true believer. If you don't have your own private time of prayer and study and meditation and, 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 and worship time, listen to I pray that you listen to worship songs more than just on Sunday morning in here. Turn it to K-Love. Get you some CDs and say, what kind? Listen to the Gators. Listen to K-Love. But worship. The devil has turned the church upside down on this new music and old music. And it has nothing to do with that. It's about your heart and thanksgiving. Listen, we can worship to how great thou art. Just as good as we can. How great is our God by Chris Holmes. Amen. And so I've been very fortunate here, and I've watched as a pastor. We're not getting in a worship war. But I'm also, I'm also young, and I'm not young. But I also know what worship does to a church and how it transforms a church. Number one, there's got to be freedom in that church to worship. There's got to listen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. And, and listen, when people come in, they, you know, some people look at us and say, man, they're raising hands. We didn't do that at our church. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean we're right, you're wrong. It means we need to learn how to worship. I can tell you just one thing. 
and there's a lot of people say like that whole place heal down there. They're just really uh, energetic church, and then they raise hands and worship. They go to the altars and pray. I'm going, this is what God's word tells us to do. Praise God. Praise God. That's what His Word tells us to do. We have taken God out of church, and this is why we have dread, dead, dried up church services, and wonder why nobody's walking the aisle, nobody's lives are being transformed and changed, is because nobody out here cares whether they're here or not. Amen? Come on, give me a smile. It's okay. And listen, it's all about your attitude of worship when you come into church. Now, we're all going to have a bad week, and, but this is why we meet corporately as a church body on Sundays to worship, is because, because uh, Ryan may have had a bad week last week. And Ryan comes in here and he's all beat down, depressed. I mean, just burned out. And, 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 and he'll put his mask on. We all put that religious mask on. Amen? It's like as soon as you walk over there, something holy hits you. Hey, brother. Man, you've had a bad week all week long. You're just beat down. You're going, let's get in here and hear Brother George. I don't care how we don't preach no 1230 today. Like, man, I like you did last week. I, I've had a hard week. I'm tired. I've, I've, I've dealt with my teenagers, my kids, my husband. He's out of town. He's gone. He's working night shift. I've got to handle this on my own. You have to do this. I've been working on that house, Ryan. It's about to wear me down, you know. She's just... <laughs> I've got to go to church. We need a slave driver. Got to go to church, and i got to get in there, and i got to... Listen, that's why we meet corporately as a body, because we need to rally around Ryan and say, Hey, even though Ryan had a bad week, right behind him on the few had one of the best weeks in their whole life. Their whole week, God was everywhere. We need to share worship. We need to lift each other up, because listen, we lift up God, He lifts us up. When we lift up God, go to John chapter 4. I love John chapter 4. i got lots of verses today, so hang on. Here's what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman. But the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. we got to remember that. Spirit and truth. For the Father, I love this part, for the Father is seeking. God is seeking. Jesus is seeking worshipers today. In 2015, not just bench warmers, not pew setters, not grumblers. Wait till we get out of here. What's happening? I love it when people tell me there ain't nothing happening in our church in 15 years. I mean, man, we, you know, nothing's not happening. You know, it's going to be the same old, same old. Brother Santos going to be sleeping back there. He's been speaking for 40 years. He's going to be sitting over here sleeping. They're going to, you know, I, I, just, I know every Sunday what's going to happen. It's the same on Sunday, different verse. I, I know. And if that's the church that you go to, and I pray today that we never allow Pleasant Hill to be the same Sunday, different verse. We need to, when we learn to worship Jesus in spirit and truth, the fresh anointing of God's Word, His preaching, the song, His love, His mercy, His grace, His joy, all floods the sanctuary, and it renews our spirit. Because they that would seek Him to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now you can't have all of us to shout and run around and through without the Word. Because the Word and the Spirit come together, and that's what helps us grow up and mature and get through our hard times, our trials. The Spirit and the truth 
push us right on through to whatever the devil's attacking us of. Amen? It takes the Spirit, but it takes the Word of God, the truth of God's Word. Listen, I've always said this. The little great Hill was a great revival. So if you got all spirits, you'll blow up. If you got all Word, you'll drive. But if you put them together and mix them in worship, you'll grow up in the name of Jesus. Amen? That's what it's about. Spirit and truth. But I'm going to let you know right now, I'm not ashamed of worship. I'm not ashamed of our church that worships. They can tag us whatever they want, do whatever they want. One day every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So let me tell you, Baptist, you might as well start learning how to worship and allow it to transform you. Because when you get to heaven, you'll be lost. I would love to take some dried up Baptist church. I, hey, how, how can you say Baptist? Because I ain't one. I can preach about them. I've been one all my life. And Baptists are normally quiet people. Amen. How many of y'all were, let's just do a little survey. Now, not everybody here was brought up Baptist, because that's just the way we are. But how many were brought up Baptist in this church? How many were not? Some of you Baptist. Raise your hand. There you go. Look there. We're busy getting 50 50 for long. Worship gets good, is it, amen? How you say, well, I just wasn't brought up like that, Brother George? That's no excuse to worship your Lord and Savior. I was brought up in a quiet, reserved. I'm doing the best I can, man. That's the church. If someone got to listen, guys, here, you, you say, man, I can't believe the way you preach, you run around and do Hey, when I surrender to preach, when I give my life and, and I surrender to the ministry of the Lord, he, he, he showed me real quickly, guys, if you're going to leave people to the name of Jesus, you've got to look and act like he did something to you, amen? It's not the dead leading the dead. And that's what's happening in a lot of churches, and I blame that on the pastor. Why their church is dead? Because their pastor is dead. Is there any pastors in here? Oh, there's only one there. He's leaving. No. But the hour is coming. And now is. Now is the time to work. We don't have time to look around and see, listen, if God promotes your heart and he, he, he wants you to worship and He wants you to come to the altar, go to the altar. If he wants you to raise your hand, raise your hand. I have no problem with that. Because where the freedom is, that's where the Lord and his spirit's going to be. There is no way, guys, someone coming to our church and say, we're the very quiet church, someone just raise their hands out. I, I would not go back to hell with their hands. Because i got to answer Jesus Christ one day when I stand in front of him and say, man, that person you had, you don't know the week he had, Brother George. He had one of the hardest weeks, and, and, and he's been out of church for years, and, and I've used circumstances, and he just got saved on Tuesday. And he come to your church, ready to glorify and worship me, and you told him to put your hand in there. Boy, that'll make you fall under the rock. But I believe that's what the attitude a lot of us are going to have one day when we answer at the judgment of Christ. For our worship. Now is the time when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father, I love this, He's seeking a church that does that. <laughs> Whether you believe it or not,
want to believe it, I don't really care. God is seeking for a bunch of born-again believers that'll say, hey, I come to give you faithfulness and worship, Lord. I need some joy today. I know I'm thankful for your mercy and your grace that you poured out upon me for dying. Upon if anything else, you can't work. Thank Jesus for dying on the cross for your sins and giving you eternal life. If anything else, that ought to get you excited about something. But when we come in here, we celebrate. Celebrate means to hold up for public display. There's only one person we're holding up in here on Sunday, and that's Jesus Christ. You're not holding up this pastor. We're not holding up the name of this church, this denomination. That, listen, that'll get you in trouble. But when you lift up the one that stays the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and it's just when he's lifted up, he'll draw all men to the cross. When we'll lift up the name of Jesus and lift up the cross of Jesus, people come, they're convicted, they're moved. God speaks to their spirit. Because we worship in spirit and truth. Amen? How about that? That's good. Man, I'm preaching better than y'all let on. Amen? Not to worry me now. But the hour is coming. And listen, guys, with the world that we're living in, with things that are happening in this government, I've never seen more chaos. And I'm a sweet, young, 47. I had to look at my wife because last week I told somebody I was 46. Really, I was 34, but you know. There's no more chaos. I've never seen America in such chaos. America is so angry. America is so chaotic in their mind. They don't know who to vote for right now. <laughs> Amen? I'm being honest. America don't know who the leader of this country needs to be. And the reason we don't know who the leader needs to be is we put Jesus Christ, the foundation of this country, on the back burner. That's why we can't figure it out today as a people of America. Because once we start taking and then we say, well, boy, you're going to be on the government. No, it's the church's fault. I'm not blaming Obama, the government, or any other leader. It's our fault. Because we just, we don't worship. Worship transforms. Worship more than just in here on Sunday morning, but when we meet at the church body, it lifts us up and we celebrate. Listen, this is a celebration service on Sunday morning. This is not my job to lead an overview of a text or a chapter of Galatians, Ephesians on Sunday morning. We have Sunday school connect classes, women's ministries to teach you God's Word. Sunday morning is celebration time. There's folks that come into this church that are hurt, broken, beaten down. They need to know that Jesus loves them. And then, hey, there's a church down there that's celebrating what Christ can do in your heart if you'll let it. It's celebration. So if you come here on Sunday morning to dissect God's Word, I don't preach that away on Sunday morning. Now, when we have Wednesday night class, and we have classes everywhere in IT, that's the time we'll teach. There's a difference in preaching and teaching. There's a difference in preaching the Word of God. Just, I mean, just preaching the anointing Word of God. Just preaching. And a difference in a teaching setting. God loves them all. He just called me to be George, and he said, man, I've been messing people up. 
This is the way I pray. Amen? And everybody says, well, I'm not going to have a preacher in a tie behind me. Sure, boys, right down the road, down next to him. Amen? Because he ain't here. The preacher here is on fire for Jesus and wants to see people on fire for Jesus. Celebrate the one. I don't have time for teaching classes on Sunday morning. I got lost people that need a redeemer that died on the cross that can show them another way besides the worldly way. And they need to see that in a bunch of people that gather together on Sunday morning instead of looking dead. Damn, I got that off. The hour, the hour is now for you to teach your kids how to worship. And I know, listen guys, worshiping and giving God your heart is a scary thing. Remember how scared you was when you took out that step of faith and walked down the aisle somewhere? And if, Remember how scared you was? You didn't have no idea of the future, what was, but you just knew that God's convicting you, I need Jesus. I think you're going to see me when I first started worshiping, when God started transforming me. Now, some, now some of you folks that come into this church from the Pentecost or assembly background, man, y'all had no problem. I'll see him come in on Sunday. You're seeing me when God's already transformed me for work. Amen. Well, a song would come off, and, and it wasn't just me doing it for outward appearance. The Holy Spirit was really working me and saying, Listen, if you can't worship as their pastor, George, how are you going to teach on people how to worship when you can't worship? When you're afraid to worship, when you're afraid of what people will say and think, and, and I know that you don't. There's a Greek word for that. It's called hogwash. Who cares about all that? We're worshiping the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And so I start off. Amen. And then as the church grew and God started growing me and getting more freedom and just worshiping, and it's just amazing. It's amazing the transformation of worship. Now, I'm not telling you how to say, Lord, Lord, I just don't do that. I'm not, I, I just don't get emotional like you get fired up and happy and excited. But you do get, listen, if the Holy Spirit's inside of you, don't use that for an excuse, church. There's something about God He's going to get you excited about. I just don't get excited about that. Let me follow you home next week. Let me spend the night with you. You took supper. I'll find something you're excited about. It might be the hogs. It might be Ohio State. It might be fish and honey. But there's something you're passionate about that really winds your clock. Amen? It's bow hunting. It's fishing. It's something that, that you can't tell me that Larry Vaughn don't get excited over going fishing. Amen? I bet on Larry when he gets home and he knows he's going to a big tournament tomorrow and he's got to prepare to fish the week before and he's got to go Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I bet you went Tuesday night he's got to go fishing Wednesday. I bet he's laying in the I mean, he's, he's just sleeping, man. He's just digging and all this stuff and then he's doing a surf thing. I bet he's got, I bet he's laying in bed asleep doing this. But it gets him excited. He can't wait to get to that boat and get in it and get fishing. 
same way with you deer hunters. That's why some of y'all can't sleep the night before deer season. You're up at 3 a.m. drinking coffee. The big day is here. What are you up for, man? It's in a four hours. Oh, I can't wait that big. He's going to be waiting on me. I get up in that tree. I'm going to shoot him. I bought $1,695 worth of stuff to kill a $45 animal. I'm ready to go. Amen. We're passionate about How about the Razorbacks yesterday? I was passionate for the first half. I turned and watched TCU and somebody else. No, just kidding. Hey, I'm still a Hall fan whether we lose or whether we win. We're still passionate Hall fans. Amen. But also on the same hand, why is it so easy for us to clap and do that? And we're ashamed when we come into the house of God to meet as a church body and we can't even get a whisper out there. Thank you, Jesus. But last night in front of your TV when Brandon Allen threw that interception, police! Police! Get him off the field! So don't tell me you can't be passionate about your Lord and Savior. It's where your priorities are. It's where your priorities are. The visitors are going, what is that? You have to be here to listen online. You'll hear my touchdown sermon. But worship magnifies God. Michelle wrote a song, chapter 34. When we meet in here together as a church body now, I can preach on private words, but the importance of us meeting together as a church body. What you miss, God does things in this building on Sundays that He can't do in your uh, rocking chair on the front porch. I don't need church. I just listen to John Hayden. I don't need church. I've got a CD of the Gators in the back room. I listen every night. You are starving spiritually, my friend. Yes, you'll get fed, but you're missing what only the Holy Spirit will do in a group of born-again believers on Sunday morning that you can't do in your back room listening to John Hayden. And there's nothing wrong. I listen to John Hayden. I listen to all of them. But that doesn't replace what God wants me at a, a certain time. He wants me to meet with some more born-again believers that love each other. Amen? I'll say that again. Love and encourage each other. When we meet here on Sundays, we're not in competition. We don't look at each other and say, wow, what kind of dress they got on? We're here to worship Somebody done this this morning. Some victim, Jesus. Worship magnifies the glory of God. Amen. And the glory of God, listen, Jesus, God said he's jealous about his glory. He's jealous. He said, I created you. He said, I created, listen, he is the God of all creation. Him birds and when he gets daylight, if you've been turkey hunting, has no problem whistling out and yodeling out and gobbling for the name of Jesus. Amen. As soon as it can stay alive, every creation worships the Creator. And He created us and seeks after us to worship Him. God says, man, if I can find me a church body that's not embarrassed to me, that don't mind looking at the name of Jesus, I can do something special with that church body. My spirit 
can move, I can save souls, I can deliver them, I can redeem them. There's a man because I'm seeking after them boys. Them people down at Pleasant Hill, I'm seeking. You say, well, why did he pass over four churches to get to us? Amen. You say, man, you, you got to be honest, guys. We're living in a time where we can't just give a little three-point sermonette and love on you and feed you out and say, have a great week. We're living in a time and day where now is the hour. You better get it right. Worship. Worship unashamedly. Worship magnifies. You know, y'all ever had a magnifying glass? Let me read that. I'm going to read that verse for you. That's Psalm of David. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, the Psalm of David, where he pretended madness before Amalek, who drove him away and he departed, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually on my mouth. How many of y'all go down the bypass and just sing the phrase all the time? I know some of you do that. Y'all don't recognize me sometimes in my regular old blue jeans and, and camouflage hat, and I'll be in my car, and I'll pull up a sign for the Baker Church. And And they never know I'm there. They're just a worshiping and praising. I ain't going to be the ones that are arguing with this. Amen. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear us and be glad. Oh, magnify, David says, the Lord with me. Why do I make thanks for what he's done in my life? For the blessings and the blessings of his grace and the spiritual blessings in the heavenly that I ain't even attained yet. Amen. That's in, that's in a minute. Magnify the Lord with me, David said. And let us exalt his name together. You know what that means? Celebrate with him. Man, when we show up on Sunday morning church, let's learn how to celebrate Jesus. How many agree with me? And listen, celebration has nothing to do with it. Oh, we got to be young folks celebrate. You know, we're way too old for that. We've been there about that. Oh, my older folks are playing the deal. Don't retire on me. Amen. There's no retiring. God's got a place for you in this church. Don't sit back and feel so sour on me, okay? Hang in there. Let's keep going. Well, I'm 65. Well, getting 65 in the name of Jesus, Amen. Well, I can't lift my hand high. Well, give him a thumb pump, amen? Give him something. Don't sit there like Jesus hasn't done nothing for you or worse than that. You've been in church so long, you've got used to being saved. And that's the problem with a lot of churches. We're used to church, used to religion, used to worship, and we're used to our salvation. It's just another thing. And we're not excited. We don't shed a tear over it. There's something wrong, my friend, when you don't shed a when, when when you see the picture of a cross and the crucifixion or something about Jesus, and it doesn't break your heart and make a tear fall for what He did for you on the cross. There's something wrong, my friend, with your heart. If you can shut now, listen. We all have bad days. Amen. I'm not saying you don't, you don't come here every Sunday. Well, the Lord said, you pumped up ready to go. I got my football jersey on. We're tailgating next Sunday. The devil's going to attack you this week. He's going to seek after you 
you like a roaring lion. He's going to attack. He's going to get you down. And if he keeps you at home from coming to corporate work and Pleasant Hill, the devil's going to tailgate. I got him to stay at home. I give him a headache. Amen? Well, I just can't be on the same. I'm going crazy. And I look around, and I see all our young people a lot of times. Y'all want to see a good couple, and listen, we always exalt Christ. But Paul said, follow me sometimes to look at my example. And I look at Bill and Polly Chase over there. Young people, you ain't got an excuse for not going to church. Amen? Hey, Bill. Hey, Polly, I forgot this last Sunday. How long is Bill and you? Hey, man. 92, 88, been married over 60 years. And I'm telling you, unless they're sick, they're going to be at the house of God worshiping with Jesus or the people of the house of God. Every Sunday, unless they're sick, they'll be here. So, young people, so I got three kids. They've already raised 72. Hey, man. You ain't got nothing on them. Besides that, we got a nursery. We got children's church. We got accommodations. Bring your own beaten down, self-hearted, hurt-hearted self and come and worship and be lifted up. Amen. Don't let the devil win. Because I'm telling you, why does the devil keep people out of church? There are certain people I see every Sunday. And I don't know what I'm going to preach from Sunday to Sunday. Now, there is sometimes I'll preach this Sunday and, and turn around next week and play off of it and go run to another sermon. But there'll be sermons that I'll preach, and I'll be going home thinking about, man, is this a stone, this stone, so and so, so and so, I'm going to preach. And I'll talk to him later in the week and say, well, we was going, and that car is getting stitched, or he had a headache, and we were just so tired and involved in all this and I'm going, what I preached today was an anointed word that could have changed their direction instead of fighting the same old devil. It could have took them to another level. Anyway, when you get to the next level, everybody thinks, well, if I can just get past this problem and get to the next level, there's another devil. He's on every level you get to it. You're always going to have to fight him in his ways because you say, well, why are we about the devil so much? Because when we're doing anything good for God, anything according to His purpose and His will, He's going to do whatever He can to mess you up. Your marriage? If y'all don't watch it, you get out of the car today, you know, oh, y'all going to laugh. We had a good service on worship celebration, man, Brother George brought it. You'll be back to get down here to make sure it's right. Amen. Watch it. Man, you brought your own truck, amen. He brought his own truck. If he gets in the fight, it's going to be with him, himself, and I, and the devil, amen. But when you magnify, listen, when we come in here and you're beating down, you got your hands on the side, no bullets going down there, Listen, here's what, and this is why David said, David said, I'm being chased. By Saul, I've been trying to be killed by Saul. My own son is trying to take the throne from me. I just sent uh, a woman I lusted after on the roof here a while back. 
I just seen a hit team out and heard husband put him on the front line. He got killed. Now I got hurt. We had a baby. It passed away. I got problems, David said. But I still want to magnify the Lord. Y'all magnify the Lord with me. I got messed up, messed up. I'm not a perfect person, but I need to go to church today to magnify it. Because I got to get my tank filled. I can't go two weeks feeling like this. Amen? I can't go three weeks being depressed and down and out and snappy and angry. My wife, my kids, everybody around me. Lord, change my attitude. Magnify. Everybody, everybody had a magnifying glass? Show that picture. Michelle found me a good that cat. This is what he means by the word magnify here in Psalms. When you hold that magnifying glass, here lately, Hey, Rick, where's my phone? But uh, here lately, I had a little iPhone 4 in. And I do a man, this thing with the internet like that on there. Man, the internet, I'd get home and I would study off my phone different scriptures and different commentaries on my phone. phone drop, that's and uh, Midland come home one day and said, Hey, I got you a pair of glasses. I found it, Greek glasses. She said, you're always complaining about getting headaches on that little phone, and, you know, and, and, and I got you some point two five. It ain't much. It's, I said, it's enough. I ain't blind. I'm not getting older. I'm good. It's that little screen. Little bitty word. And so when I went down... And I was ready for an update, and I went down and got the new iPhone 6 Plus. I got a miniature iPad, man. Look at that dude. It's big. I can put your phone inside it, I bet. I get home, and I can take my fingers down and open them like that, and I can magnify it. I ain't had a headache in four weeks since I bought this phone. Hey, man, because it was magnified. Listen, this is why a lot of us, the devil beat us down and we don't make it to corporate worship, because the devil knows if he can get, get to church, you've won the battle. That's why God keeps telling you the battle's not yours, it's mine, just get to church. The battle's not yours, it's mine, just get to worship. I know you've had a hard week, I know you're down now, you're depressed. Oh, I know nobody knows what you're going through but you, I understand that. But he says, get to church, to a spirit-filled worship service. And here's what's going to happen. You say, well, what's that going to do? You're going to come in and get focused on God. You're going to get hugged here close to him. Amen? Somebody says, anybody went out there and hugged say, Well, I'd rather hug you than give you a cold coat. Amen? I'd rather hug you enough and you leave here and tell all people, get that place to heal. I ain't even going to expand like that. And you don't never say that about us. Well, they hugged me four times down there. I'm just not used to a hugging church. But you get hugged, you get encouraged. People bring you to the altar here in our worship time. Our altars are open here at Pleasant Hill during the worship service. Not just at invitation time. And sometimes that's kind of messed up anyway. We always go at the end of service, and we really should be going at the front of service. <laughs> to get ready to worship a great God. So that's why people people come out of the altar, and you'll see them come over. And because we know we love each other here, we know that Levi might have had a bad week. 
barrier of getting by the hand and beat him up, and he'll come up here to the altar as soon as they plant the altar, you'll see four, five, six people come here praying with you. You say, boy, Levi must have a lot of skin in his life. He's up there every Sunday. Altars and worship isn't always about skin. Altars and worship may be me. You need direction. Altars and worship may mean you need a fresh touch from God. You've been saved for 40 years, and you feel yourself backsliding. You say, I'm not backsliding. I'm in church. That's what I'm talking about. You can be in church every Sunday, sitting in a pew, singing a song, listening to preacher, going home, and be dead at the door of And his convictions and his call. Just because a building don't make you a worship. It's when born again believers come together here, out in the pasture. Amen, Danny? Y'all get that if you watch Facebook. Out in the pasture. Hey, next Sunday we're going to be out in the parking lot just having a good time tailgate for Jesus. And next Sunday we're going to be at Dwayne Graves having a big old fall festival on the 400-acre field, having worship services and a fall fest, having a great time. It's not about what you get in, it's about where your heart's at. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the middle of the future, Jesus said. So when you, here's what you need to do. Don't wait till Sunday to worship Him. Get you two or three people that you know that are godly people and huddle up and Jesus will meet with you to give you encouragement Did you get there Sunday. We need, listen, we need this spiritual feeling. It may be your friend calling y'all and y'all pray on the phone. If you don't, I don't know whether you know it or not, but the Holy Spirit can go wild. Amen. I didn't mean to hit you the hand. I think I've hit him four times and he's a visitor, amen? He's going, I'll never go back. That preacher spit on me, stomped by me, elbowed me. I'll never go back to that church. Hey, if you come here twice, be part of us, amen? Well, I got to be a member. No, you come worship with us. I'm not worried about your membership, I'm worried about your hardship. Get your heart right, and then the rest will come where it needs to come. But right now, when you're broke and beat down, I can tell less what denomination you are, where you're at, all I know, worship and let worship transform your heart into a new person. That's what it's about, church. That's true worship. But see, when you come in here today, you're beat down, but when you start focusing on God, and man, you start praying and getting focused, all of a sudden, that magnifies, that praise glass comes up there. When you get your praise glass up and you look around, everything looks bigger from your perspective. You say, oh, brother, it makes God bigger. You say, how does it make God bigger? Well, God is, listen, God's, His infinite glory is all throughout the universe. There's no way we can really make Him bigger. But my praise, when I praise God and focus on God, it makes God bigger than my circumstances. Did y'all get that? I start forgetting about the problems at home, the problems on the job, and the Holy Spirit takes me to a heavenly place where the spiritual blessings are, which I ain't going to preach on today. I wish I would. But that's where the Holy Spirit works in heavenly places where the Spirit transforms you. And so when you worship in the Spirit and in truth, the Holy Spirit deals with your spirit. The Bible says if you're a child of God, 
your spirit bears witness with his spirit, and you cry out, Abba, Father. Daddy. And there's sometimes I want to say, Daddy, help me. You say, well, look, look, my dad and mom and all that kind of stuff. If you're a born-again believer this morning, you've got a daddy. And you can cry out to him, amen? At any moment, you can cry out to him. So when you get here in worship, everything is, God is magnified. He gets so big that your problems don't look like nothing. And you leave here full of confidence, excited, built up. I mean, ready to go. I whooped that devil today. I gave him a right hook. Man, I got my praise on. And God is so big in my life. Lord, forgive me for thinking of my problems bigger than you are. And when you leave here, you're, that, that's why when you leave here, People say, boy, I think when I've been in the church, I've been really excited and hooked up about life. It isn't me doing it. It isn't the church. It's the glory, magnifying the glory of God. As a believer, you have been putting God on the back shelf trying to do everything in your own strength. And when you give it to God, that's when I get confident. That's when I know God can do anything better than I ever even tried. When I just finally surrender and just give it to Him. Now listen. Michelle, go to Hebrews real quick. I got two parts on both of The Bible talks about us worshiping together. How important it is. If you wasn't here today, I'm telling you, how many of y'all feel like when you missed two and maybe three weeks of worship, it really starts to wear on your spirit? Does it affect your attitude? Well, somebody says, there's some of the husbands going, no, let me ask your wife then. Does it affect your attitude? Amen. All the husbands going, no. You start getting negative. And this happens inside of a church body. Church members get negative. They start seeing the bad. The bad stuff was there before. You just had the bad praise flash in front of your eyes. All of our mess ups are out there for everybody, but the magnified makes God so big that you didn't look at my past. That's how God delivers people. Let us hold fast this confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is what? He's faithful, church. Remember that. When you leave here today, remember God is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up or stimulate love and good work. That's why we need here. Man, you're in a bad place when you go to church and there's nothing stirred up. If all you do is go to church, I've been going to this church for 45 years. There's nothing stirred up about me. When I leave here, I feel no different. I feel the same. I, I, you know, I just, I just go in and go out and worship and go home. No, you got religion. You don't experience a relationship. You do religion. So we need to stir up each other. There may be someone here this morning that you know right now is carrying a heavy burden. And here's the deal. You're up here on the mountain right now. Man, you're up here on Sundays. You're just working your hands. You're feeling good. You're giving everybody testimony how good God's doing in your life. How great He is. How great God He is. Let's give it four weeks. You in the valley and that person's up on the mountain. And here's the deal. Four weeks ago when you was up, I was convincing you to go over and encourage that brother, that sister, Pray with them, and you did, and now they're flopped. Oh, poor me, they don't love me down there in church. 
When you're faithful in little things, God will make you master over many things. Amen, church? So don't forsake the sin together of ourselves together in the name of Jesus. There's a story I'm supposed to place in y'all come. There's a story in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. And, and I look at this as a story about our church body. It's a story of Moses and Joshua and Aaron and Hur, and they're going against the Amalekites. And God said, Moses, I want you to go fight the Amalekites. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the rod that separated the sea, that brought all the plagues over Egypt, that gave you, that set you free from your body. Take that rod, go up on the mountain above the battle, and hold it up. And when you do, as long as your hands are raised, Israel is going to be victorious. And old, old, old Moses said, I can do that. He held that rod up like this here. You ever tried to hold something up about two hours? I mean, it started getting heavy. It started falling. And as soon as his hands fell, the Amalekites started taking over the Israelites. And boy, he was trying to do everything in his own strength to get it back up. And when he get it up, the Israelites would take back over the battle. As I was reading that story, I was looking at that, and I thought, you know what? That's our church. Fighting battles in the world. Because listen, Satan's like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And, and if you just committed yourself and just got baptized or just joined this church or just got dedicated into serving him again, you can bet the devil's going to attack you. I think all that thing, I love Pleasant Hill, I love Pleasant Hill, and I think, how long have you been here? Four months. I said, you're still on your honeymoon. The devil is alive and well. Yes, I love Pleasant Hill. I think it's, listen, I wouldn't want to pass for nowhere else this place. But I also know in real life that there's an enemy that's called the feud or the brethren that's out to destroy whatever God is pouring into your life. And whatever foundation God's trying to build your life, the devil's trying to get his very so many times when we come here on Sundays, I see people that are excited and have a great week. But listen, we live in a world that is broken hearted. It looks like the world is prevailing, the wicked is prospering, and the Christians are just getting trodden under their feet. But you know what? As long as you got your arms down, you're going to feel that way. And, and listen, there's going to be times you come to this church house on Sunday, you can't muster up enough worship on your own street. Paul said, I do all in Christ which strengthens me. And so here's what we need. There's times I come in. Guys, don't remember. Show you what you can do. There's times I, did you know there's times I come in here and I'm not ready to preach? There's times I come here on Sunday and I'm not just jumping up that I'm ready to preach work because the devil's been attacking me. He's been just attacking my family, attacking what I've been doing in the ministry, the church. And I come in sometimes my hands down. But then as soon as the world God will see this Aaron and the herd will come through. And they don't even know that they help lift my hands. It might be him come over and say, hey, Brother George, I love you, man. Man, you're preaching God's Word. You're doing the right thing. You just keep on, keep it on. And they don't know it, but they're taking my hands. And they're just raising them. They're holding them for them. And man, I'll leave them. And I've got my hands raised. 
and I'll leave to the next person, and he'll be too winged up to talk to me, and I'll, and all of a sudden, they just want to raise my hand. Raise my hand. Then I get a card in the mail on Wednesday, my hands get raised. I get a phone call, I get texts from people during the week, saying, man, keep preaching the word, brother George, you're on fire, keep going. Well, my hands just keep raised. And long as my hands are being raised, we're going to win the battle. Because I don't know if you know it or not, but if you read the back of God's Word in Revelation, Amen. We win. So here's what we need to do today in this amazing time. But you may know in your heart someone sitting here and they come in the name of their hands down. I mean, they're just, they've done everything they can do all week. You need to come and go back here. Some of y'all, because we're two or three are gathered together in my name. Amen. We're two or three. I'll be in the middle of them. And they'll raise their hands up, have them raise their hands up. They'll get up to this altar today, get their car taken. I was beaten down, I was down. I was a thousand miles from you, Jesus. Before your Holy Spirit flooded in my spirit, these guys helped raise my hand and show me they magnified my Lord and Savior a whole lot bigger than my son. 